In this video, I wanna answer four main questions. Number one is the pros of Flutter. What is Flutter great at? What does it do really well? Number two is the cons of Flutter. So what do I think it kind of lacks? Number three is the question that all of us wanna know the answer to, which is, which is better, native or Flutter? And what I'm gonna do is I'm going to outline some specific circumstances where I think Flutter would, would be the choice that you wanna make or whether native may, might be the choice that you wanna make. And number five, as kind of a bonus, I'm gonna talk about where I think the most incredible opportunities are regarding Flutter and making money. I really think there's a very unique kind of uh, area regarding Flutter that not a lot of people consider or take into account and i think there's there's a lot of money that can be potentially made in this this kind of little niche environment so first of all who am i and what have i done how did i get this sudden expertise on flutter many of you might know me from my very famous video flutter is for babies i made that video uh, i guess a few months back and it's been pretty uh, popular, not in a good way. That's actually why I decided to go about this, go onto this journey and learn more about Flutters because I got a lot of, um, well, I got a lot of good feedback, but I also got a lot of negative feedback. It was kind of like uh, a divided line. Some people agreed with what I said, some people totally disagreed. Either way, what it told me is that there, something I said was clearly wrong. There was definitely things that I that I said that were just straight up wrong. And it was it was a good opportunity for me to dive deeper and really get a, a good understanding of what this flyer thing is all about. So what I decided to do is I spent 30 days, one month, completely on Flutter. So I put everything else on hold. Basically what I did is, is Flutter went to the top of my priority list for the entire month of June, June 2020. I spent about 80% of my time just on Flutter. So just strictly developing apps with Flutter, just playing around, trying to figure out the ins and the outs, the things that it doesn't do well, the things that it does really well. I'm a native Android developer myself, so I think I have a pretty unique perspective um, coming from spending you know thousands and thousands of hours on native Android development, and then going into spending you know 30 days straight on Flutter, pretty much. So I, I have I have a unique perspective, I think, and I think you're going to want to hear it. All right, so let's start talking about the pros of Flutter. What do I think that it did really well after spending 30 days on it? The first thing on my list here is, well, obviously you get an iOS and an Android app. I just ha had to make sure I said that. That's obvious. I'm sure everybody knows that. So just, just getting that point out of, the, out of the way right now. The second thing, the second pro that I'm listing for Flutter is that you can build uh, really, really beautiful UIs. I have to say, like, I was, I knew that after reading about it and hearing about it that you could build really nice UIs really easily. This is what everybody says. But after using it, I was still like, I was really blown away by how easy it is to build UIs that look really, really nice. And you can build them really quickly. Like on Android, there's basically no like default styling that comes with it when you build a UI. You also have two choices. You can either build it in XML or you can build it in the design tab, which is essentially just like a drag and drop XML thing. Actually, there is a third choice. Technically, you could build it with code, but it is not something that you want to do usually. Um, but either way, the way that Flutter does it, you build it with code, and I, I really just like the system. I have high hopes for what Jetpack Compose is working on right now. For those of you who don't know about that, it's essentially like a Flutter version of UI building for native. I, I really hope that it is very similar to what Flutter does because I just, I love UIs with Flutter. They look, they look amazing out of the box. They're easy to build. It's intuitive. It's just good all around. Awesome. Now, the third thing on my list here is dependencies. So if you're an Android developer or you've been around Android for any amount of time, you know that this 
this dependency issue is is a known thing. There is there's a dependency for everything. There's a dependency for card views, a dependency for cycle views, a dependency for toolbars, a dependency for blah 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 blah. There's dependencies for everything. And some of these dependencies are, you know, a lot of them are made by Google, by the Android team, and some don't work with others. Like the card view dependency version, I'm just going to use random numbers here, 2.1.1 might not work with recycler view version 3.4.9, you know, and this becomes very, very annoying if especially if you're a beginner and you have no experience you're just going to go to the documentation you're going to copy in the dependency you're going to put it in think that you can use a widget and sometimes it just won't work or it'll give you some like cryptic error where this it'll say like your recycle view has some xml error or whatever it's it does it's not very helpful and there's a lot of these conflicts that exist. It's it's pretty common to run into this issue. So overall on native, on Android, the, the dependencies are fragmented. That's how I would describe them. On Flutter, this is a non-issue. There's basically one dependency for like every single widget. Obviously they all work together. You're never gonna get a conflict. Your list view isn't gonna tell you that it can't work with like your card. Your list tile isn't gonna tell you that it can't work with like padding. There, this, these things will never happen because there is only one dependency. This is, this is a huge upside. I love this. I don't know why Android can't just like put everything into one dependency. That would be like the ideal world. They told us that they were gonna fix this problem with Android X. I would say that I, I mean, I don't see a big difference with what they did with Android X. Yes, they consolidated some things, but you still have this fragmented dependency issue. The next pro on my list here is pre-built widgets for very specific circumstances. And I'm going to give you an example. So if you've been using Flutter at all, those of you who've never used Flutter aren't going to know what I'm talking about, but I'll, I'll try and outline this as best I can. So in Flutter, there's this, just as an example, there's this widget called a list tile. Uh, it, the, the Android native equivalent for this is like a, a view holder for a recycler view. The advantage with this list tile thing is that it, it's pre-built to have specific positions that you typically use in like a list. So like just as an example, uh, as an example list, you typically might have like a leading widget that sits kind of at the front of the list, maybe like an icon or a an image of somebody. Then you have that kind of middle section where you might have like some information, some text. Then you might have a subtitle with some lighter text. This is like a very typical layout for a list item. And then you have uh, on the farthest end, what, uh, like a trailing widget, maybe another image, maybe a trash can icon for deleting something, a check mark for confirming something. This is the typical layout for a list item. Most list items for displaying information look just like this. So there's this list tile widget in Flutter that has these uh, these parameters that you can just put in. It has a leading parameter, it has a title parameter, it has a subtitle parameter, and it has a trailing parameter. So you can just specify these fields and the widgets automatically go into those places into the list item. I think this is like, this is a beautiful thing. It saves me time as a developer because most list items are gonna look like that and it looks great. It just like, it just works out of the box and it looks great. The next thing on my list here is restoring state. So um, I'll try and paint this picture as best I can. So in Android development, say you like uh, you have some some text into an edit text after capturing some input, or maybe you have like a dialogue on the screen showing. Um, think about what happens when you rotate the screen. By default, if you have a dialogue showing, you rotate the screen, it destroys the activity and recreates it. If you don't have a mechanism for re-showing that dialogue, the dialogue isn't gonna get shown again. Uh, likewise with some, some edit text fields. 
in most circumstances, if you have some text and you had a text field, you rotate it, that text disappears because the activity is destroyed, recreated, text goes goodbye. So there's there's a and there's a number of things like that. I'm just checking my um, my notes here. Yeah, so like list positions too. Like if you have a, a list position in a recycler view, you rotate it. That list gets usually regenerated. If you don't have a mechanism in place for for putting it back, uh, snack bars, all these kinds of things. But with Flutter, it's great. It, it basically does what you think it should do right away. So if you have a dialogue showing, you rotate the screen, boom, the dialogue is, dialogue is still showing. If you have some text inside of any fields, rotate the screen, boom, the text is still there. Snack bars are still there. Everything is still there. The list position is maintained. Everything just kind of works out of the box, whereas on native, when you do these things, you, you have to build these mechanisms out yourself. And if you're experienced, it's no problem. You know, you save the state, you restore the state. It's, it's, it's a non-issue. But if you're a beginner, this, this can be a big issue because there's a lot of things that you have to know. You got to know about state. You got to know about state management. You got to know about the instant state. You got to know about view models. You got to know all these things. Whereas on Flutter, it just kind of works the way that it should work. Oh, actually, one more thing too. If you're, say you're, at, you're in like a, a list a list fragment or a list screen, something that's displaying data. You click on a data item. It takes you to a detail screen where you can get more information on that item. If in Flutter, if you press the back button, you go back and that list position is still exactly from where you clicked it. So that's great. You know, it maintains the state even when you go back. On Android, by default, if you click a detail item, go to the next fragment, go back, it will not maintain that list position. So another thing that just works out of the box with Flutter. The last, uh, the last pro that I'm gonna talk about is list views. So in Android, the, the, the list view is actually a recycler view, but the recycler view requires a lot of like configuration to set up. You gotta build an adapter, you gotta build view holders, maybe different view holders depending on the types of views in that recycler view. You have to optimize it with diff util. You have to handle a custom pagination system. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that you need to do just to display some data. With Flutter, they have uh, list views and they have this list view builder thing, which is just uh, essentially like an extension function that you can call on the list view object. And it handles all of that stuff out of the box. So you just, you can like literally pass it thousands of items, which yes, I have tested it. I, I, made a, I made a list view just to see if it would perform well. I passed it, I think it was like 500 items with um, images and everything. And I scrolled forever and it was totally fine. So I don't know. It, it just, it, it just performed really well. It was super easy to set up. Like you can set it up in like five lines of code. Whereas with the, the Android equivalent, the native equivalent, you need like, I don't know, probably like a hundred lines of code so that there's like a huge, a huge savings there, but this just goes into like the overall kind of flutter idea is that they have all of these pre-built things that just work as they should intuitively. So that's going to be it for like the things that really stand out to me that I like about Flutter. And I'm not saying that like these are the only good things about Flutter. Obviously, there are other good things. Those are the things that just really stood out to me. And now actually, before I talk about the cons, the things that I didn't like about Flutter, I'm going to talk about uh, a number of things that I'm kind of neutral about. The ones that worked equally well on Flutter as they did on native. So basically they're just like, they're equivalent. I didn't really see a lot of difference. So the first one is network requests. I didn't really see a big advantage of network requests on Flutter as opposed to native. On native, you're probably gonna be using something like Retrofit. On Flutter, there's uh, an NHTTP library that you use. You can do any type of request, get, post, update, delete, you know, whatever. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Python actually. 
the HTTP library for Python. It was very similar the way that they handled it. But um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I think there was no real pro or con when you compare native or Flutter in that regard. So next on my equivalent list here is architecture. So with Flutter, the two architectures are the two architecture architectural patterns that I, I kind of explored were one, number one, the provider um, pattern, I guess you would call it, or the block pattern. Now the provider pattern was basically like using live data on Android. Essentially you create a class with some data in it and you can observe it in other, or I guess other widgets, I guess you would say. But this is, it was basically live data. I would say that this is equivalent to live data on Android. Um, I liked it. I'm not saying it was bad, but I, I don't see like a big advantage or disadvantage. Second is the, the block pattern. So the block pattern is actually basically MVI architecture. So if you think of MVI architecture on Android, that's essentially what the block pattern is. You have um, events that can go into a class, it interprets those events, and it outputs um, data based on those events. It, it's literally MVI. So I think, and that's my favorite architecture on Android. So I think it's great that they're they're using uh, my my favorite architecture equivalent on Flutter, and that's the most popular one. I think I think that's great. Just overall, what I would say is like a reactive pattern, whatever that pattern is. Just just that it is reactive, and that you can observe it. I think that's the way to go. And both Flutter and Native, those are the most popular architectures. So I think both do this equally well. Next is asynchronous work. So when comparing asynchronous work on Flutter and asynchronous work on Android, I should probably specify actually what kind of asynchronous work I did on Flutter because I think there's different types. Again, I'm not an expert. I only spent like 30 days on it, um, but I was using futures and async await and I, I really liked it. Basically futures and async await is coroutines. It's, it essentially functions exactly like Kotlin coroutines do. You know, you mark a function as uh, async and then inside that function, if you say await, call a function or await to do something. It essentially acts as a suspend function. So it just like goes through it, waits for the result, goes through it, waits for the result. This is exactly how Kotlin coroutines work with suspend functions. And that's my favorite way to do asynchronous work on Android. So essentially this was just like a great for me. I liked it, it was familiar got the job done. So that was it for the things that I think Flutter does equally well as native and native does equally well as Flutter. Now we're going to talk about what I didn't like about Flutter. So the first thing I have here is this is the most important thing in this entire video. If you take nothing out of this video, this is what I want you to take from it. If you're like a native guy thinking about doing Flutter or you're currently using Flutter, basically for everybody, this is this is the most important thing that I'm gonna say in this entire video. The biggest downside of Flutter is that it requires developers to build plugins. If you don't have people building plugins, and I'm gonna explain what plugins are in just a second, the, the, the whole platform will collapse. There is no way that it can be maintained unless you have people building plugins. So what exactly are plugins and why are these the problem? The problem is you Flutter needs uh, native developers, so native iOS and native Android developers to build plugins to work with certain uh, native features. As an example, you know, you have like caching, so interacting with like a local database, push notifications, camera, Bluetooth services, um, intent filters, all of these kind of things uh, they're native, they're native things. Flutter does not have the capability to do them, do it itself. So it needs a plugin to be able to interact with those native features. So like if just as an example, if you want to build a Bluetooth app, there's no like Bluetooth, uh, object that you can use access with Flutter. You have to download 
a third-party library or a plugin that a native developer has built that gives you access to certain Bluetooth features. So there might only be like one thing that that plugin does, even though Bluetooth can do a hundred things. And of course, like I know a lot of these plugins, I've used a lot of these plugins for Flutter. A lot of them are really good, like they're great. The camera plugin that I used uh, was great. Uh, I saw a services one, I saw a caching one. All of these were great, like they worked awesome. The problem isn't that the plugins don't work good and that they that they don't exist because they definitely do. There's developers out there making them. The problem is that it depends on those plugins. Like if for whatever reason uh, the community shrank for whatever reason, and I'm not saying it's going to, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying if the community shrank, there would be less plugins. If there was less plugins, Flutter basically would just fail. If if there are no plugins there's no way Flutter can exist. And, and these things need to be maintained. Like there's always new camera APIs, there's always new Bluetooth APIs, new services. All of these things, all these native features, they have to be updated. So I, I'm gonna come back to this point. I just wanted to kind of introduce this point because it's the first kind of con that I'm gonna list. But this is, you know, this is by far the most important point. This is the, by far the most, the, the biggest thing you wanna consider when you're when thinking about using Flutter is this kind of, it depends on the community, which isn't a bad thing because it has a great community right now, but it depends on the community, basically 100%. All right, so the next con is file sizes. So I built some test projects in Kotlin and I, and I actually made some Flutter equivalents just to see for myself. Obviously, I've also read articles about it and blog posts about it and how other people compare APK sizes and file sizes and all these things. But my personal experience is this. So I built a native application. It was just like a basic um, you know, list of data, had some images and stuff. You could click on it, it gets network data, it goes to a detail fragment. Um, that was basically it. It's like a pretty simple app. The native project size on my computer was 50 megabytes. I made a Flutter equivalent, which is exactly the same, does exactly the same thing. Of course, it looked a little different because it was Flutter, but essentially it was the same. Whoa, my fridge is really loud. I'm gonna have to turn that off. Um, the Flutter equivalent, the project size was 500 megabytes. It was 10 times larger. And the APKs and whatever the iOS version of an APK file is, they, they're equivalent. So if you have a, um, you know, one megabyte uh, project going up to the App Store, the Flutter equivalent is probably going to be eight to 10 megabytes. So it's, it's significantly larger. And normally this wouldn't be a problem, but the Google Play Store only allows you to upload uh, projects that are 10 megabytes or less. I don't know what Google Play is, but, or sorry, I don't know what the iOS, the App Store is, but this, this can definitely become a problem. I've heard that the Flutter team is working on this or trying to get the file size down, but the file size is, is a significant problem because, because of the restriction that you can only have a 10 megabyte APK going up to the App Store. The next con that I have on my list here is CPU and memory usage. So I've read a lot of different information about this on the internet. I've heard anything from Flutter is two to five times harder on the CPU to Flutter is just as good at the CP on the CPU. Uh, Flutter is two to five times harder on memory uh, as opposed to Flutter being the same on memory. I've read every spectrum of uh, informational articles about this. Basically, at the end of the day, what I think is that nobody really knows. I think that it is largely dependent on the developer. So if you're a Flutter developer, you know that there's a lot of things you can do to limit the number of times that your UI gets redrawn. So if you are someone who's not optimizing 
as much as you can, you can get some pretty, pretty poor performance up to, yeah, like I said, two to five times harder on the CPU and two to five to five times more memory. And that's, that's kind of like the average. So what I see here is there's not a lot of information. A lot of people don't know what they're talking about. A lot of people don't really know what's going on. And this is largely up to the, to the developer. Now you might be thinking, well, Mitch, that's not really a con because if I'm a good developer and I know how to do my job, then this is not a problem. Well, I would say, yes, that's true. But I would also say that because of this lack of information out there, there's not a lot of information. Like I just said, I spent how long researching this and I can't find a, a an answer that makes any sense to me. All I know is that limit redraws and you'll probably get better performance, but I don't really know. And I don't think most people know. The problem there is the lack of information. Flutter is new. There's not a lot of information. Nobody really knows like what the real best practice is, or most people don't know. So at the end of the day, I think it's very easy to make a mistake here. And the mistake can be very costly. It can cost you a lot of CPU and a lot of memory. Now the next con here is process death. If you know me and you know my videos, you know that I've talked about process death extensively before, it's a real thing. What process death is, is when your app or your phone gets low on resources, it can kind of clean things up in the background and sometimes apps get shut down. Or you, yeah, I mean, essentially that's, that's typically how it happens. You start using too much other resources on your phone. Your phone says, hey, I need to like, limit the resources being used and it starts shutting down apps. When that happens, the process that the app consumes on the phone gets killed. The next time it gets opened, it gets it can be opened in this weird kind of state. Uh, basically, it's just not what you expected. So Flutter, as far as I can tell, there is no way to handle process death. On Android, it's relatively simple. You know, you save the instance state, then you restore the instance state, boom, you're fine. On Flutter, as far as I can tell, there there's nothing to restore process death or after process death. Next on my list here is memory leaks. So as far as I can tell, um, there's no like third party library for looking for memory leaks. You have to use the developer, the, the Flutter dev tools thing to actually like profile the app and like look for memory leaks. Um, and I would say like, this isn't a big problem, but coupled with the fact that there's not like a ton of information out there with, for Flutter and like best practices, you know, the point that I talked about two points ago with um, like CPU and memory, it kind of goes into ties into that like there's there's not a lot of information about like optimizing for cpu optimizing for memory other than preventing redraws there's also not a lot of information for looking for memory leaks so i think there's a there's a lot of opportunity here for people to make big mistakes there's just not enough information you know like on android i can use a third-party library called leak canary simply just install it and boom i can see every memory leak that ever happens on my app and i can fix them with Flutter, I don't see anything that is equivalent to that. So inability to find and fix memory leaks coupled with a lack of information about best practices to build your apps, I think this, this could be potentially really bad for performance uh, for apps on average. You know, like if, if you're an experienced developer, you're an experienced Flutter developer, I'm sure this is no problem for you. You're not gonna leak memory. You're not going to redraw the UI a whole bunch of times unnecessarily. Your app is probably gonna function just as good as a native app, mostly. Pretty close anyway. It'll, be, it'll probably be like as close as possible. But everybody else who's not experienced, which is like probably 80% of the community, can make big mistakes or make small mistakes and they can have big impacts. So this will therefore get listed as a con. Next on my cons list is background services. So 
those of you who are familiar with Android development or any any app development probably have some knowledge of background services. There's a lot of apps that do things when the app gets sent to the background, when the screen gets locked. Um, you know, think of a media player application, for example. If you're playing a song, you lock the screen, you want that song to keep playing. This is done with things known as services. So as I said earlier, when I was talking about plugins, services are a native uh, feature. Flutter can't use them by default. You need to build a plugin so that Flutter can use those native features. So services services are actually probably the most tricky one because there's so much that you can do with services. It's not like it's not like with caching, for example. You you know like caching is going to be the same most of the time. You're just like inserting some data into the local database. It's pretty easy to build a plugin that will cover a wide array of um, use cases. But with services, it's hard to do because they're all going to be very different. So even though you build a plugin for using services, it's never going to cover 80% of use cases. It's probably only going to cover like 10% of use cases. So with services in particular, I think this is a problem because you, you're going to have to have like a huge amount of plugins for services to cover all these different use cases, unless you can build the plugins yourself, which we're going to talk about later. But um, yeah, I think this is a big problem because a lot of apps use services. A lot of the circumstances are going to be different. So this is something that Flutter is always going to have problems with. Now, the last con that I'm going to talk about is uh, platform specific problems. So in my month that I spent on Flutter, I read a lot of different um, kind of, I don't know, I guess you would say testimonials or like things that people were saying about Flutter um, or who actually have like apps in the app store. They were they, There was a lot of report, well, not a lot of reports, but there's reports of weird things happening, like behavior that shouldn't happen, especially with iOS devices and lists. It seems like the list can be like laggy or something like that. But, you know, I wasn't even going to include this in the cons because I don't really have anything to like actually back this up. Like I don't have a person sitting beside me saying, yeah, I had this problem and I personally didn't have this problem, but I wanted to, I wanted to mention it because I think it's still a data point. There was a lot of people reporting issues, not a lot of people. There were people reporting issues, uh, especially regarding iOS phones and laggy lists. But again, I don't have anything to back that up. So take that with a grain of salt. All right, so we're all finished up with the pros, the cons, and all the things that I think are kind of equally equivalent on both platforms, native or Flutter. Uh, now we're gonna talk about what I think Flutter is really great for in terms of jobs. So if you are uh, either working as a freelancer or if you're at a job, maybe your company's thinking about building a Flutter app, uh, what are the jobs that are specifically really great for Flutter. So I think uh, the ideal place to use Flutter, the first place that I'll talk about is for pretty much any size business, um, but not like not a not necessarily a tech business. For any, uh, you know, if you think of any random ma and pa store on 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 the street, they they have they sell some product or whatever. Having an app built for them made out of Flutter, I think, makes the most sense. You know, like if you were to ask me personally, if some uh, like like a gym, say like a, like a gym for weightlifting, say it, somebody came up to me personally who owns a gym for weightlifting, and they said, "Hey, Mitch, can you build me an app?" I would probably build it with Flutter because they, all they need to do is display information, manage members, sign up members, maybe do some payments. It's pretty simple stuff. There's nothing like, there's no services involved, probably not the camera, probably not Bluetooth. Not, nothing native is really needed there. Just simply managing users, displaying data. Uh, the second type of app that I think would be great for Flutter is 
apps used internally by companies. So many companies these days are building, you know, they have websites obviously for managing employees or like employee information, just general stuff that employees only should know and the, the public will not know. So if you have an app, if you want to build an app for internally for employees, I think this is great too. Essentially, this is just for displaying data, maybe scheduling, maybe setting up accounts for new employees. Any, any kind of FAQ that an employee might have, maybe some HR uh, things, I don't know, whatever. Either way, it's not going to require any native features. I think a Flutter app would be great for this. You get an iOS version, you get an Android version. It would be no problem to build this. You'd save the, the company money, you'd save the company time. That is a, that's a good situation to use Flutter. Another one is apps for cities. So I have a friend, for example, who works for the city of Abbotsford, which is where I live. I think an app that, uh, that, that a city would have for just displaying information to the public, maybe like what the status of a park is, if it's open, if it's closed, if like the public, this public facility is open or closed, where to get information about a public facility, maybe like ongoing construction in the city, all of these kind of things. It's simply like just getting data from their servers, displaying it, maybe registering accounts so that you can get updates, you know, these kind of simple scenarios. I think that's that's another one that's perfect for Flutter. The last one that I'll talk about is apps for universities. So this is similar, the same kind of thing. I'm sure you get the idea now. Basically a university app that, you know, registers users, maybe displays your, your class information, what classes you have this semester, your schedule, stuff that's going on at the university. Um, just, yeah, I mean, it's I, I'm sure, like I said, you get the idea displaying basic information, not really necessarily needing any native features. And I'm not saying that by the way, Flutter can't do native features. We know that it can do native features with the plugins, but I, I just think it's, it's most ideal if you don't have to do those things or you, you do them very, very sparingly. Now, the last thing that I'm going to talk about is where I think the kind of the biggest and best money-making opportunity is for Flutter. But before I talk about that, I want to revisit the, the plug-in point that I, that I mentioned earlier. If you don't remember, um, I mentioned that Flutter is really, really dependent on plugins. If you don't have a, a big community, a large active community who's building plugins, the Flutter is really, I would say, almost doomed. So I just want to revisit that and talk a little bit more about that. So the way I think of Flutter, like I said, is the most important thing is having a big community that's building these plugins. If you don't have the plugins, you're not going to have Bluetooth, you're not going to have camera, you're not going to have services, you're not going to have all of the native features that you need for pretty much every app. And these most of these things are not developed by the Flutter team, they're developed by the community. They're plugins that you use that interact with the native features. So basically the way I think of it is if you have a big community, which Flutter has a big active community, it has a really great community, very active, everything's really good. If it's good, it's really good. Like, in, like the overall flutter ecosystem if it's good if it's really good however if it's bad it's going to be really bad it's almost like an exponential graph on both sides if it's good it's exponentially good if it's bad it's exponentially bad what does exp what does bad mean it means a small community if for whatever reason the flutter community got chopped in half tomorrow you would see real serious repercussions in the next coming months the reason for that is the plugins if if you don't have people building and maintaining the plugins all the time flutter would 100 percent die it would just 
burn out and die because you need those native features and not everybody can build the plugins. It takes a special skill set to be able to build those plugins. And so now I'm going to transition into the point that I made earlier, which is what is this really unique kind of area where I think you could make a lot of money with Flutter? And that's building plugins. If if you are a native developer who also knows iOS development, like if you're an expert in iOS development and an expert in native Android development, you are the ideal person, in my opinion, to be using Flutter because you can build the plugins. And these plugins, I think you could charge crazy amounts of money for. If you imagine a company who builds an app and they run into a problem where they need a native feature, they need like some service to do some special thing. If you're the guy who everybody knows to call to fix that problem, to build that plugin, you could pretty much charge whatever you want. And not even just that, like you can charge like a huge amount to make it pretty much whatever you want, like I said, and they're gonna pay it. And you could probably charge a royalty also because you have to maintain that plugin. There's always gonna be new things, there's gonna be updates. And this, like, this stuff probably won't even be a lot of work for you. Like you don't even have to maintain the actual app. You don't have to work on the actual app. All you have to do is make sure that your plugin works correctly. So I think, I think there's like a, a really big opportunity here for people who know native development on both sides, iOS and Android, to build these plugins. If you build a reputation as like the plugin guy, and a company has to call upon you, like it's almost always gonna be a dire situation. They're not gonna call upon you unless they're like, oh God, we need this plugin. We need to be able to do this native thing or like our app just won't work the way that we want it to. So I really think that like this, this is a unique opportunity for people who have expertise in both, uh, both sides of the native uh, kind of ecosystems. So now I'm just gonna finish up with some closing thoughts about Flutter, what I think about it, you know, what I, what I use Flutter personally, do I recommend learning Flutter? Uh, and then I wanna talk about some, uh, some common arguments that I hear against Flutter. So what, what I've heard people saying on videos or in articles, basically just like negative things that I've heard people say about Flutter. And I just wanna talk about them and say kind of like, I wanna like debunk them, I guess you would say like, does that even make sense? So let's actually do the common arguments first and then I'll talk about kind of my summary on Flutter. So the first, uh, first kind of argument that I hear against Flutter here is server-side rendering. And this was, one, uh, this was from one of Tech Lead's videos. He said that like, uh, he said a bunch of things about Flutter that didn't really make sense, but the, the server-side rendering one, um, we'll start with that. So he, a server-side rendering, for those of you who don't know what it is, it, it's, like a, it's like a way to serve apps from a server so that you don't, basically you don't need apps anymore. That would be the outcome of server-side rendering. F mobile phones would not need apps anymore. They would get their information from the server and be served in like HTML or some, something else, basically just not apps. So basically this point is kind of silly because he used it as an argument against Flutter, which doesn't really make sense because it would also be an argument against native development because if you have server-side rendering, you wouldn't have the native apps either. So it's kind of like, I don't know, that didn't really make sense because if, yes, you could say that if you had server-side rendering, it could replace Flutter. So what's the point in learning Flutter? But it would also replace native. So this is kind of like a non-argument. So the second point here is actually from Tech Lead also. He said, uh, he mentioned security infrastructure. So I actually don't really know what he's talking about here because most, I could be wrong on this one, by the way. I'm just gonna say it. Maybe you guys can correct me in the comments. So like most security infrastructure is gonna be on the server. It The the handshaking between the app and the server is the security infrastructure. So, I, I mean, this is this is what I think anyway. I'm not like 100% sure. I know you have like, you can put SHA-1 certificates in to make it more secure and things like that. But 
other, I, I mean, I'm sure you could do that with Flutter too. So I, I don't know. I don't know what he was really talking about here. Maybe I'm missing something. But as far as I know, security infrastructure exists on the server, like 90% of it. So I don't, I don't know how Flutter would fall short there. Maybe you can correct me. Next is advanced camera and video usage apps. So this is actually true. You know, again, it comes back to the plugins. The camera is, is, is a native thing. You need to build a plugin to be able to use it. So if you're building an app that uses the camera and has like some kind of AR app or machine learning app or some kind of like advanced custom camera app, Flutter is probably not your choice or you need somebody to build a plugin to do that for your, your Flutter app. So that one I would say is true. Tablets, iPads, and smartwatches. So for these, Flutter is probably not a good choice, although I personally did not try it. I read lots of articles about it. It seems that you can probably get it to work, you know, tablets, smartwatches, things like that. Like I'm sure you could get it to work, but it's not ideal. So just kind of keep that in mind if you're looking to build your app and you want it to work on uh, tablets or smartwatches. The last is Android Auto. So this Flutter does not work with Android Auto. I've never read anything that said that you could get it to work with Android Auto and whatever the iOS equivalent is. I'm not even sure if there is an iOS equivalent. Oh, you know what? One more one more that I'm gonna add to my list here is Kotlin Multi-Platform. Some people are saying that Kotlin Multi-Platform will replace Flutter. So I just wanted to kind of give my thoughts on that. So I took a look at Kotlin Multi-Platform and I have to say it is, I don't wanna use the word garbage, but I, I don't see a lot of use for it. Like basically what it is, is you can package up Kotlin code and you can um, execute that Kotlin code that doesn't use native features and use it for iOS. So it's kind of like you can just build an iOS app with Kotlin. That's what it looks like to me. So I mean, either way, you're gonna have to build the iOS app and you're gonna have to build the Android app. The difference is you could probably package up some of your business logic. So maybe some time saving, but I that is, in my opinion, that is not a Flutter competitor. All right, so my my final kind of opinion or my final summary on Flutter, I I think um, I think there's still I don't think the question is Flutter or native, I really don't. I think that Flutter is great for some circumstances. I still think you need both because at the end of the day, like I said, it comes back to the plugin issue. You're always going to have to have people building plugins for Flutter. Yes, Flutter is great. It makes great UIs, beautiful, beautiful UIs. I love, I love building UIs with Flutter. That is the thing I like the most by far. Uh, it makes development faster, but I think that's mostly because you have all these prepackaged widgets that look really great. Like the list view thing, like I said, that's a huge time saver. There's a lot of time savers. And then of course you get two apps out of it. You get the iOS app and you get the Android app. So um, yeah, I think that like if, if you can get away with using the Flutter app, like I said, all of those other circumstances that I mentioned where you don't need to use like a lot of native features, Flutter makes sense. Like I said, if a, a small business walked up to me or even a big business walked up to me and was like, hey, Mitch, we need you to build an app for like our employees or you need to build an app that like just can like register users and display data and stuff. I would, I would use Flutter because it's, it's faster. It's going to save them money. It's going to save me time. And it's it's gonna probably be easier to maintain. But pretty much if you ever have to use like any native features, like anything to do with services especially, I would almost definitely not build the Flutter app. And also too, like something I would also say is I spent a month on Flutter and I feel, I feel pretty competent. Like I feel like I could pretty much build what I needed to mostly other than like really advanced things, which I wouldn't build with Flutter anyway, even if I was like an advanced Flutter developer. 
So given that I spent like a month and I feel competent, I probably could have spent a month on iOS development and felt also equally competent. So at that point, it's like, if, if you're already a native Android developer and you're thinking about Flutter, you ha really have to consider like, why wouldn't you just go spend a month or two on iOS and learn iOS? Or if you're an iOS developer, especially because you don't have to go and buy a special computer, if you're an iOS developer, why wouldn't you just go learn native Android? I'm, I'm sure like the, the, the architectures, the patterns, the, the concepts are always similar. There's similarities. You probably pick it up pretty quick. So you, you got to think like, would I go learn Flutter or would I just go learn the other native language? So at the end of the day, I don't think there's a direct answer, you know, Flutter versus native, which one is better? I think it's circumstantial like everything else. Flutter is great for some circumstances. Native is always going to be like the, the quote unquote best no matter what, because it's native to the platform. You can't, you cannot beat the performance and you cannot beat uh, how it interacts with the native features because that, that's what it's designed to do. So I, I, I like Flutter. I enjoyed my time with it, but for the foreseeable future, I will not be making Flutter videos. I will be sticking to native. And after spending a month on Flutter, I'm seriously considering learning iOS development because of what I just said. I, you know, like, I feel like I'm pretty competent in Flutter in a month. Why wouldn't I go learn iOS in like a month? And then I can see both sides of the ecosystem. Do not forget that Flutter is for babies. I don't want to let that meme die. That is a beautiful meme. Hashtag Flutter is for babies. Thanks for watching and I will see you in the next one.